Skatchel. Ominous. Don't call it a comeback. in your best end of season form it's we have no cares with the energetic and enthusiastic Nicole Hay and me Robert Borswick I'm here yeah sure in body and probably spirit as well in every way it's yeah. difficult to tell but you know bringing the impetus like playing for a contract <laughs> it's Craig Cairns how are you doing guys show us what you got Craig I'm just straggling along, and I'm not sure what I'm going to provide here. <laughs> You're looking to maybe drop a division next season, <laughs> go on yeah. some Dunfermline podcasts or something like that. You're our Bryn Halliwell. <laughs> pay as you play contract. Play as you play, pay as you play. I got it right the first time, don't know why I tried to correct myself. <laughs> You've not done well. <laughs> <laughs> Crosses the name off list of potentials. <laughs> next season. Okay, so um, as is... The grand tradition of this season's podcast. It's been a while since the last one. We have a number of games to cover with varying degrees of worthiness of discussing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yep. So was that a win and three losses? One draw. Uh, so two two defeats, one draw and one win. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a fair mixed bag. Yes, it is. It is. It's uh, mid-table form. <laughs> But you know, what what well actually it's the form of a team that going in all four of these matches knew that no matter what happened, we were finishing third. Yeah, pretty much. I mean as much as the uh, oh we could still finish second thing was chucked down our throats, I don't think any of us actually believed it. Absolutely. Um, we got off to a good start though with um defeating Aberdeen obviously. Yeah. And then um we had two chances to close the gap, but we kind of we let Aberdeen rub off on us a little bit and, and bottled it. Yeah, that, that was our first and last mistake, <laughs> letting Aberdeen rub off on us. Mm. Um, yeah, well, we actually started at Celtic Park. Yes. Against Glasgow Celtic. Yes. We play at Celtic Park. We do in Glasgow. Yep. And we started well. We did start well. Yeah, I think I think like, you know obviously we we scored within the first six minutes, Jamie Walker, um, but it, it, genuinely I think this season in general, just started going downhill when he failed that knee slide after he scored. <laughs> that was it. You could tell the players didn't care anymore, Nicole. They could, you could just tell. His heart wasn't in it. It was such it. a half-arse celebration and it just it wasn't good enough. It's not heart standards, frankly. You see, it happens so often now that those knee slides go <laughs> wrong. You wonder why so many players still do them. I know. I mean, I was kind of half expecting Walker to be it for like nine months after that with like two <laughs> dislocated knees or something. But That's probably what he did. Like, he started to go into it and then just like got a flashback of every treatment table he ever made of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no yeah, exactly his legs really shouldn't be doing that no no yeah, just just go back to the 20s like a firm handshake and a jog back to the centre circle <laughs> maybe a wee jump but <laughs> yeah. a shearer just a yeah. fist in the air is it not more the two hands in the air and the kind of the legs come up together it's not yes, like that kind exactly, of yeah. oh, I'm suggesting he should click his heels because <laughs> <laughs> I would be absolutely up for that if just all the players went huzzah <laughs> <laughs> it's a girl <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, no, we, we genuinely started that game very well and how we went in at half-time 2-1 down still baffles me to this very moment. Um, Juanma had a chance. Oshaniwa. Or, or two, yeah, Oshaniwa was sort of uh, hit the bar. It was a very, very promising opening, which we don't often see from Hearts at Celtic Park. Yeah, well, we scored, well, Jamie Walker lashed at home, I think it's the only... 
effective adver- adjective for that. Thundered. It was a beauty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, I don't remember much else about this game, apart from Oshini was ludicrous sending off. Oh no, I do remember. It was like Patrick Roberts did well, and I said to Robert, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. And you said he's really quite famous. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty well known for being like 10 years old and costing £12 million from Fulham to Man City, and then is really widely spoken about moved to Celtic on loan as well. That's about the best performance he's had since he came up here. I think it's about the only performance he's had, yeah. Celtic maintaining the fact that they only ever up their game against us. Fucking stop it, Celtic. Let us beat you. The annoying thing was the chances, as you already alluded to, the chances that we missed while it was still 1 0. The the Wanma one where he doesn't even hit the target, the Oshaniwa one where he's through on goal but he doesn't even control the ball. I think actually came off his arm and yeah. then trundled towards Gordon. It was a little bit disappointing to dominate that much and not take more advantage. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, so yeah, so the the story of this game is Celtic played to their capacity for maybe the third time this season. Yeah, and, and won fairly easily. <laughs> yeah, and um, the the Oshinewa yellow cards. How ludicrous were they? I think the first one's a yellow card. Uh, I think it's a late challenge, and whether it's on the ground or whether it's in the air. I mean, you saw the bump on Rogic's head. I think it, I think it was a late challenge, uh, whether he meant it or not. It was a bit reckless. The second one is just ridiculous. I mean, he, he Does not he only gets like the ball like six inches past the player. Oh no 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 no! I'm thinking of a completely different incident. Oh, no, <laughs> the second one he gets. But you can for. think of it hearts. <laughs> <laughs> The second one he gets booked for, not only does he get the ball, uh, there's there's no there's no recklessness to it, there's no he doesn't go through a player, there's no there's no studs raised or yeah, it's not high. I've no idea where the um where the referee thought that was a book in. And also in the last minute of a game that's already done and dusted when you know the guy's on a yellow card. I know obviously like rules are rules and the referee thinks, but it's the ninety third minute. GFA mate, GFA. I said Bobby Madden. Do you was think it Bobby Madden? I can't remember. I don't know, so man. Long ago. It was some referee. He's an arsehole, though. <laughs> I think the chances are the referee looked at Oshaniwa doing something and went, "That was probably wacky." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, actually, no. Sorry, it was Bobby Madden because um, the whole sort of backlash from that. I think it was started by Michael Stewart of all people online. Um, he sent off Igor Rossi for a very timid two-footed challenge in which he won at the Hamilton, ball yeah. at Hamilton and Scott Brown didn't get sent off for doing exactly the same thing in this match and then oh yeah that was really early yeah, yeah. But Scott Brown gets away with a big wall offence in almost every match he plays that's yeah. Scott Brown's only notable skill on the football pitch to, <laughs> to not be booked <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now his legs have gone yeah, yeah pretty much now he can't pass a ball yeah yeah. he and takes his... hilarious penalties though so that's fun <laughs> yeah his legs and his follicles have gone <laughs> yes. we actually played quite an interesting formation this match it's all coming back to me we, <laughs> we kind of took inspiration whether I don't know it was similar to the formation that Ross County played in the cup final against Celtic no no in the cup final against Hibs sorry where it was kind of like it was a back three at times, yeah. and other times it was a back four, because Oshiniwa kind of started like a left back, but played really high up, whereas one of his best games side, it was Nicholson, where Suter was kind of tucking in. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, kind of a 3-5 too, yeah. um, but a versatile one. Yeah, Oshiniwa playing further up the park looked actually pretty fucking good. Um, yeah, very... it's, it's theoretically a good formation for us if we do have to persevere with Oshiniwa next season. Uh, especially with Walker excelling in the sort of number ten role as he as he's done yep. in later matches in this sequence, um, <laughs> harsh on, on Sam Nicholson, but then not harsh on him because he really hasn't kicked a ball for about two months. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Well, 
moving on then, that was Celtic. Next was Aberdeen. Yeah. Next was Aberdeen, yes, because the Cali game got postponed for about the 17th time in a row. Because <laughs> we got down with the sickness, yeah. That's right, yeah. And yeah. it was postponed because uh, Hibs had to play them in a replay as well, yeah. So That's it was a right. couple of times where it was postponed. It was, it was the, the fifth attempt at playing the match. Something along we'll those lines. We'll get to it. It's a really exciting <laughs> one to chat about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the vast majority of our team struck down by gastroenteritis caused by Billy King. Yeah, Billy King went yeah. went away with Scotland and breathed all over our guys. Yeah. And they came back and did some more breathing. Breathed vomit and poo particles down their mouths and then that was that. There's an image. Yeah, that's how you get gastroenteritis. Sam not take the blame. So like, does that mean that... What were Billy King and Sam Nicholson up to? <laughs> well... Um, I think sleeping in the same room is, is you know, like customary, but Fair. yeah, possibly, yeah, not but I... possibly gargling each other's vomit and poo. <laughs> we don't know at this stage; it's just speculation. But you know, I think that's the sort of thing we should set a trained investigative journalist on, Craig Cairns. <laughs> I'll get on it. Good yeah. man. Um, yeah, Billy King went away. He didn't play in the second game against Northern Ireland because he was sick, and then all of a sudden everyone was sick. Uh, John Suter, played in the first game because he's sick yeah uh, John Suter was sick first he was sick before the Celtic game but still played 90 minutes in the Celtic game because he said he was alright um, and then everyone on the Sunday just went actually feeling a bit rough here um, and yeah uh, I think for the game that was meant to go ahead on the Tuesday seven first team players made it and then there was five youth players the only goalkeeper was 17 year old Kelby Mason and that's how we got the game postponed because we only had one fit goalkeeper over the age of 16. I don't think John Souter feels human maladies no. can be struck down <laughs> by, by pain or any force short of an asteroid. <laughs> Motherwell, and he, oh, sorry. And even then he'd run it off. Yeah. <laughs> Motherwell tried to pull the same trick the week before against Aberdeen but failed, which kind of, after it happened with us, uh, in the run-up to the game versus Aberdeen, uh, it led some Aberdeen supporters to... Cry conspiracy. Cry conspiracy that there was something against the... What kind of conspiracy is that? <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want to play them this week. Like, football fans are dumb. Yeah, aren't they just? Especially Aberdeen fans. And I can yeah. say that now I'm on this podcast because Aberdeen fans won't listen to it. <laughs> That's what you think. Yay! That's what you're correct about. Yep. Um, Speaking of Aberdeen. Yes. We played them. We beat them. We did. How did we beat them? It was like the opposite of the Celtic match, where we started... Really badly. Yeah, uh, terribly, but then pulled it together. Started like a bunch of guys who have shat out their intestines over the past few days and then suddenly regained them. <laughs> um, it was utterly bizarre, because we did absolutely... We were so far off the pace, we looked absolutely like a, a, a team that were tired and didn't want to play the game, and Aberdeen were going at us like really hard. They were so in control. Um, and and they, they got their goal and it they they looked like a team whose game plan was to harry us for twenty minutes, then take it easy and then harry us at the end knowing that we'd be tired and, you know, shitty and vomity. Yeah. But that that plan did not happen. No, no it didn't. Um also like talking about Aberdeen's goal for a second, it's uh, John Souter's first game right back for us. Like, yeah. First proper mm -hmm. game and it was him and Prince who got done for that goal. So you could kinda of see there was a bit of frailty there anyway. But yeah, Aberdeen battered us, should have been maybe two or three up. Um, and then Oztuk decided to shoot from 40 yards again. And the, mother, the Aberdeen keeper shat it a bit, Juan Ma tapped it in. From there on in, there was only really one team that was going to win it. Yeah, I it mean... Looked like we, wanted, like, we looked like we wanted it more, we played the better football. Aberdeen still had a couple of chances, but we just looked better. Juan Ma was unplayable, and it's the best I've ever seen him play. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it yeah, was long just, overdue as well from Juan Mata. Yeah. We were waiting for a performance like that for quite a while from him after yeah. his good start to the season. Exactly, exactly. But he was like Taylor and uh, Reynolds were just bouncing off, and they couldn't couldn't handle him. And lying on the ground while we scored goals. Yeah, exactly. That helped. <laughs> that was a huge help in hand. That was that was marvelous of them. And McGinn uh, uh, missing like two or three oh very God, very yeah. presentable chances with the, with the head and the foot. He always does that at Tynecastle. It's fucking great. Like, he scored <laughs> that one raker earlier on in the season. We'll give you that, Niall. Um, but other than that, like, even in the relegation season, um, when they could have mm. relegated us after the relegation derby, you missed two headers from about four yards collectively. It was amazing. It's great. I love seeing them unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Just Aberdeen in general, I love seeing unhappy, actually, yeah. to be honest. We do see them unhappy at Tynecastle quite a lot, though. Yeah. Which is great. Pretty it's... much constantly since I started going to the football. It's nice being somebody else's bogey team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't get that often, but Hibs yeah. and Aberdeen, we've got your number. <laughs> do we have Hibs number? Historically, yes. <laughs> but historically, that's unarguable. Uh, statistics will back you up there. Yep, they will. Forcefully. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was a weird game. Uh, right, let's cover all the major talking points from the Inverness game. And now let's move on yep. to uh, the game against Motherwell. Motherwell, which, yeah, that was at the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, that was... Uh, you were there, weren't you? I was there, yeah. That was our first game in the in the uh, post-split era, in the era where, yeah, there's nothing left to play for. <laughs> Absolutely nothing left to play for. Zero teams give any of a shit. Yeah, um, yeah, like... Apart I, from Motherwell, apparently. Well, they, they've got a great chance of finishing fourth. Yep. Well done. Well, actually, that the is. difference in prize money between sixth and fourth probably could... Like see their budget for about three months and also the fact that at the start of the season I was so sure they were going to get relegated <laughs> so sure they were absolutely howling under Barraclough and then Mark McGee came along and went oh I could have managed Liverpool and he's made them good he's so, done a really good job I think they've won seven in their last eight or something like that ah, it's ridiculous that, the only game they lost was Celtic and that was due to Conor Ripley being exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know fourth place has nothing to play for now but until a while back there was the kind of faint hope that um, Celtic would win the cup and it would be a European spot so um, they were kind of in with a slim chance of Europe at one point but no yeah you can't you can't disagree with uh, the the job that McGee's done yeah. if only I'd got on that plane I know god <laughs> 2008 he's such a weird manager McGee like, like he goes you could have like, left out Edger yeah <laughs> But he's he's either brilliant or absolutely terrible. Like he's never done a mediocre job anywhere. Yeah, yeah, he's. Yeah, he's or he usually weird. starts well and nose dives at some point. Yeah, that can happen. Two consecutive manager of the months though. That's pretty much unheard of. Yeah, unless you're Gary Locke. Did he not only get one? Jesus Christ! Did Gary Locke get two manager of the month awards? You must be talking out your ass. Son. I'm not. I'm not having that for a fucking second. I'm sure Gary Locke. I'm sure Gary Locke got a disproportionate amount of manager of the month trophies. Yeah, that one. Would be one yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! No, I'm not having that at all. Okay. Well, you got, you got April 2014, and that's all he fucking deserved. I can neither confirm nor deny it. You might be getting the Queen of the South job, by the way. Sorry, Queen of the South. <laughs> Jesus who does he have pictures of? How does he keep getting employed? I have no idea, man. Have you seen his LinkedIn profile? It's always, always good for a laugh. Under his main achievements, he's got beaten Hibs. Just <laughs> went up in my estimation. <laughs> to be fair, that should be under his only marketable skill. <laughs> yeah, his, his, yeah, getting a team up for playing Hibs. Mm. Mm, yeah, well, you know, Queen of the South are probably going to be playing Hibs next season, so, you know, useful. Yeah, oh, sure. I'd like to see Billy Brown's LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. 
Have you seen John McGlynn's LinkedIn? No. Also great. <laughs> I really hoped he had that picture of him wearing half suit, half track suit up at Inverness a few years ago, but it's not. Get yourself a man who can do both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that picture is so perfect for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, the, the Motherwell game was oh, a, yeah. an interesting. <laughs> well, it was an interesting one because everybody around me in the stand was going crazy at how terrible they, they felt the performance was. Now. I don't know if I just watch, want different things out of football, but I genuinely felt it wasn't that bad. It definitely wasn't good. It definitely was the performance of people who were mentally on the beach. It was definitely, um, we were certainly limited um, uh, uh, on the flanks, uh, partly because Sam Nicholson continued to be pretty poor, partly yeah. because we were playing uh, Doom on the left for, well, for, the, for the early stages of the game and which is a lot of Arnold. I think that might be the one position where he's not great. Uh, at fullbacks, we had uh, Patterson, who's clearly still a bit off the pace, feeling his way he's back out from for injury. A bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, to be honest, we'll just be using the rest of the season as training. Uh, and uh, Liam Smith playing at left back, who, who can play the position, but looked a little bit overawed uh, doing it in the first team. Uh, especially against the, the wingers that Motherwell have. Yeah, I was about to say, against Johnson and Ainsworth, it's not going to be a very easy day for you regardless. But, yeah, yeah, and that's the that's the flip side of it. Like Motherwell played very, very well. I was very impressed with them. Ainsworth was the outstanding player on the pitch. Uh, Johnson's pace caused us all sorts of trouble. Uh, and I was interested to see... Uh, I don't know how long this has been happening. Maybe you guys actually pay attention to Scottish football can tell me this, but uh, Scott McDonald playing central midfield. No, that's just because uh, Morgado Gomez was, uh, couldn't play because he was playing against Hearts, because Motherwell were playing against Hearts, so they dropped him into midfield. Oh, of course. He did play there in the playoffs last season against Rangers and done quite well. Barraclough tried to persist with it at the start of the season and it didn't quite work out. But since McGee's come in, he's kind of reinstated them as uh, one of his main men up front and uh, he's, he's performed really well under McGee. But no, that was more... That was more like a one-off because uh, they were missing... Because they were missing quite a few players. They were missing their goalkeeper. Um, who else was missing? Um, well, Lasley had to go off at half-time. Mm -hmm. Josh Law had to go off in the first half. Um, so I think the disappointing thing from a Hearts point of view is Motherwell were missing those kind of players and lost a couple during the game and Hearts didn't really trouble them very often I, I only remember Samson really making one save and yeah. that was from Patterson in the second half see, see with regards to the Gomez point I'm sure I heard before that he was eligible to play I'm pretty sure that was that was sort of put out that he was eligible to play against us. Is there a rule that you're not allowed to? No, you can have it written in your contract. Oh, it doesn't okay. matter. Um, I'm sure someone someone tweeted it. Someone credible tweeted it before the game. It might have even been Nielsen or McGee that said it that he was eligible to play, but maybe he just chose not to. Although, I don't know. For one reason or another, he was missing. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I have to say that McDonald did very well. Yeah, he was did. one of the factors why they won. Like he was excellent passing, and it was. It was in intriguing to note him because he was kind of the ingredient that was missing from our midfield, like somebody who could uh, be a bit more creative. Now, like um, a Mercado Gomez. I'm finding this interesting, like watching Perry Kitchen bed into the team. Like, he's obviously great at stopping things. He's obviously like a very capable destroyer. But having somebody so specialised like that in our midfield... Like it's it's kind of throwing off the balance a bit because it means like if he wins the ball, then there's like an extra step before we can attack because he's got to give it to somebody else, and then like everything just sort of slows down. And I think if you're saying our ideal midfield definitely has Kitchen and Jum in it, we need somebody with a bit more quality on the ball than Prince has. I love Prince, but he's he's not the sort of incisive passer that 
that we need if we're playing kitchen and and gym. So I'd be tempted to drop Walker a wee bit deeper if that's the case. Walker can make things happen. See, now that was an interesting thing because it's sort of you at the game as well, Craig. No, I watched no. it on Alba though. Oh, they, right. they showed the thing again on Alba. All right, well, because something that was really apparent in the game, like. And at the start of the game, like most of our joy came from uh, Walker being in the number 10 and just sort of drifting out to the flanks and doing whatever he wanted. After we went 1-0 down, Nielsen made the decision to go to 4-5-1 with Walker on the wing, and which I suppose did make us a little bit more solid, but to be honest, it's not like Motherwell were creating chance after chance, but it just meant that Walker just completely faded out of the game. And it isolates Wanma as well. Yeah. And that that from what I've read, um, seems to be the case. Wanma was basically left to do a difficult job all by himself. The service wasn't great to him, and when it did, it kind of it kind of bounced off him rather than him holding it in yeah. and allowing us to get up the pitch. It didn't it didn't really work for Wanma in that match. The few times that he was able to control and hold it up did sort of bring our our finest moments, other than like points where Walker sort of created something all by himself. But yeah, he was like he very much didn't get the service yeah. all throughout the game. So yeah, so to your point um, about Walker playing deeper, like it would be very interesting if we played like a four three three with Walker as a central midfielder, uh, and had two wingers either side of Wanma. Uh, so you know that would normally be Nicholson, and if we get him back and we can put him in the team, Billy King, like like the the performance for that game, if the whole team was trying. Uh, was crying out for somebody like Billy King because his speed and directness is direct yeah yeah so like so yeah like it, it was I mean I don't want to say it was a disappointing game because it was the game you kind of expect at this stage of the season but and Motherwell had been on some run as well I mean yeah. it's not as if we lost to a poor team and but it was one of those performances where you could see that we had a game plan all throughout it didn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't necessarily the, the best game plan. It didn't necessarily work, but we could see like the team playing in a certain way and having a cohesive idea, which for me is a big positive compared to. Now this is where I'm. I'm really going to go out on a limb and see if you guys come with me. Like the Aberdeen game, I didn't think was very good at all because I thought we were very haphazard, and the two goals we got were handed to us. Like without Aberdeen making mistakes, we wouldn't have won that game. It's a fair point. I still think we we played pretty well in parts of that match. I see what you're saying. I mean, I would say the Motherwell defeat, if you take it in the context of the whole season, it's not really that big a deal. We we had an off day. We we didn't perform. I mean, Nielsen didn't try and make any excuses after it. He just flat out apologised for it. See, I, I would I would tend to disagree because I think that's part of the problem. Our away form has been fucking awful this year. It's been so bad, and we need to address that. See if like this whole, you know, we could challenge for the title next year. That's not going to happen if we play like that away from home. The reason that the fans around you were probably getting annoyed, no disrespect to yourself, but they've been to more away games than you. There's mm-hmm. certain fans that go to every away game. Their complaints after every away game is exactly the same. Not enough effort, not enough attacking, not enough anything to show a sense of actually getting a win away from home. And it is. It's incredibly worrying, our away form. It's, it's fucking shite. It's awful. And if we weren't so strong at Tynecastle, then, you know, we'd, we'd be looking at having a, a worse season than we already... Well, a worse season than what we've had. What Rob's trying to say is Nielsen out. 
That's, yeah. Poodle out, mate. Well, um, out for the away games at least. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think there needs to be a change of tact away from home because that, it's really not good enough. I mean, I know it's a dead rubber in the season game, but maybe yeah. this is the time to start showing, like, see next season, this is how we're going to start approaching away games. Yeah, I mean, fair, but like I say, I think we need, like, slightly different personnel. We need, like, a different type of midfielder or, you know, different type of midfielders that allow us to drop Walker into central midfield in order to pull that off, really. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. difficult. But it's, should... it's difficult to grasp what exactly what's going on, especially seeing how... You know, knowing that we're in Europe next season. By the way, we're in Europe next season. Really? Um, I think pre-season starts in about half an hour. Yeah, about 30 minutes. Yeah. Minutes time. yeah. We haven't replaced So, just to add to everything you're saying there either, we haven't replaced So either, which has been a problem. And you saw when Dowder came on, he didn't... He came on for Nicholson and he didn't change the match in our favour at all. He didn't change the match, but he did have some bright moments. Again, like he, well, he showed what we already know, that he understands football quite well and that he's got a good touch and some good flicks but the rest of the team aren't on his wavelength and yeah I'm not trying to say he's a bad player it's just sometimes it doesn't work out for players for one reason or another and it's not as if he's had an extended run in the team but uh, I don't know it's just to take so out the team and then to bring somebody else in who hasn't hit the ground running it has weakened us pretty severely I think it's fair fair to say that we haven't replaced so we tried to replace him it's just not happened not really worked yeah. yeah Uh, yeah, and we haven't figured out the best way to, to make Juanma that, that key man up front instead. I'd still play Riley up front with Juanma and see what he can do. Yeah, I think, well, I think it's a good shout. Yeah, I, I think Riley fully deserves a run in the team between now and the end of the season. What, four games? Um, for, for what? Our best spell of the season, barring the opening five games that we won, yeah. was when Gavin Riley was in the team, was when we were playing high intensity pressing mm-hmm. football. That's when we played our best. That's yeah. when we beat Aberdeen in the Cup. You know, all that kind of stuff. Probably our best performance this season was beating Aberdeen in the Cup. Get Riley back in the team. Was it the Celtic game as well? He had a good game against Celtic at Tynecastle. Yeah, a great game. 2-2 as well. Yeah. Exactly. It was only, yeah, it was two weeks before that. So yeah, that's when we were hitting form when it was, albeit so, but Riley alongside him. And I think if Juanma had that guy who could do his running for him, if Juanma could hold it up, feed it to a player, then Gavin Riley's the guy you want. I'd, I'd love to see him in the team and I'd love to see him try and forge some sort of partnership. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I think the devil's advocate reaction to that would be that in order to accommodate that, you've got to go for a different formation than the one that we really want, or like perhaps the management see as ideal going forward. Yeah. And maybe it's not, in their eyes, a worthwhile experiment. But They experimented I mean, with it over Christmas and it fucking worked. So, yeah, you know, yeah. that would tend to say that stick with something that works. Yeah, it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, oh, one other thing to, to take from that uh, Motherwell game, possibly the, the best moment of it, a, a moment of magnificent petulance from John Souter. Amazing. I don't know if this got uh, picked up. It, like, uh, he was just like defending, the, the ball went out for a corner and he was like, you know, doing that thing where you're, like, you're tracking someone's run, you keep going and you hit like the, the advertising hoardings and he just sort of, like, just in a fit of rage, just pushed it right over. <laughs> like, Go, take that local plumber. <laughs> Go, you bastard, you. Yeah, and it, it fell right over. Louise. Sort of, it's one of those like pyramids things that just tipped right over and he walked away in disdain. Brilliant. Do you also see the ball boy pick up the ball when it hadn't gone out yet? And the yeah, referee had yeah. to give a drop ball. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It looked, to be fair, it looked like it had gone out. It was like a ball hair away from being out. It kind of curled back in and went towards the corner flag 
time the, the wee kid runs up to the corner and picks up the ball and gives it to uh, was it Oz to yeah, yeah. and then the referee realised because uh, the, 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 the linesman hadn't flagged for it going, to go out so he had to give a drop ball <laughs> oh well, that, that, that infuriated the fans around me because like like it wasn't a contested drop ball like Ainsworth put it out but he put it out for a throw and he was going no it should be a corner <laughs> no it should be a bike kick you know? <laughs> it's like oh that reminds me I, I, was, I was a ball boy at Tynecastle in 2003 and uh, one of the wee guys other ball boys basically was run, like the ball was sort of running down the ring but it was getting chased down by Mark DeVries and some Rangers player and the ball boy tried to anticipate it and ran alongside. Like, <laughs> so he was basically also chasing the ball alongside these two guys. Davies shoved the guy and he shoved the wee boy into the hordens. Oh, oh, no. oh no, he wasn't he hurt, so it's fine. It was funny as fuck, man, honestly. Just imagine like a 10 year old going for a shoulder to shoulder challenge with Mark Davies. And... <laughs> I remember one. Bear in um, mind, it could have been Marvin Andrews he shoved as well. And that's, uh... I remember one, and I think it was like mid to late 90s or something, and we were playing Celtic in the uh, Coca Cola. Cup quarter final, I believe it was, and um, I think it was extra time as well. And we had gone one nil up, and the ball was kind of bouncing and going out. And the ball boy actually came onto the pitch or at, to the line and 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 grabbed it. And Gordon Marshall, the Celtic goalkeeper, uh, like, realizing that this had happened because he was running out to get the ball, he like grabbed the ball off the. This is how I remember it. And he grabbed the ball off him and pushed him away. Like, pushed the little boy away intentionally. Amazing. <laughs> That's what I'd do if I was a professional footballer. <laughs> Use your clout to assault children. Yes. <laughs> Just like Eden Hazard, he knew the way. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely didn't know the way. Yeah. Well done, Eden Hazard. That's <laughs> the only good thing you've ever done. Yep, sure. Yeah, yep. in your life. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, great. So what are we doing next? Who's next? Oh, it's Celtic again. Great. It's always nice to have Celtic around. Oh, can we play them again? <laughs> it's so annoying when they just keep fucking showing up. Like, <laughs> go away! <laughs> we, do, we, don't, we don't want you here! They haven't won in a while as well, so they'll... Ah, oh, definitely. Yeah, well, it's us, so they're going to up their game and Patrick Roberts will score nine goals or some shit. Dedrick Boyata will look like fucking... <laughs> that's, that's how angry Celtic make me I mumble <laughs> and it won't make a blind bit of difference in the grand scheme of things no no, no it won't it's a, it's a wee early early kick off the winter and it's on the telly ah good so that's okay. nice yeah that's always great for getting the train through nice and early yeah definitely definitely yep 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 Oh, also, Player of the Year awards were announced. Oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. That was fun. And the right player got the right player of the year award. Both the right players got both the right player of the year's awards. Yeah, Daniel Daniel Bohr got under 17s. Great. Yep. Dario Zanatta got under 20s. I know him. He's yeah, good. yeah, you've heard of him. Daniel Bohr was on the bench against Park Thistle when we beat them 4-0 away from home. Well, so then he a, absolutely deserved his award. There's a Daniel Bohr fact for you. I was at that game and I don't remember that name on the, the subs bench. Well, you're just not as good a Hearts fan as me. It's more about me than it does about him. <laughs> what, what position does he play? Centre half. Well, I was hoping he was some sort of penetrating forward with a name like Bohr. No, no, unfortunately not. He looks just like Russell McLean, though, who also plays for Hearts under 17 <laughs> and he's also like 6 foot 9. Cool. I've got all the fucking facts, mate. That's why I'm here. Uh, Sam Nicholson got overall young player of the year. There's one to discuss. Uh, Second time he's won it. He has played a lot of games and he's been good in probably 70% of them. Mm-hmm. Who, who's, your, who's your rival? He, he wouldn't have been my choice. Callum Patterson would have been my choice. I think, I think yeah. That's... Is Cal, Callum Patterson young? Because I feel like he, he's been around 
since the main stand got built. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's the same with Jamie Walker. He uh, built the main stand. <laughs> <laughs> players that were kind of thrust in when they were maybe not quite ready, and it feels like they've been around a lot longer than they he, than they actually have. He was the first, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, against Liverpool. Yeah, but I, I I find it hard to disagree with that. I think Patterson before his injury. I mean, I I think he went off the boil a little bit even before his injury, but. Um, for a for a large part of the season, he was he was great. He was hugely influential. Scores goals. Sets captain up goals. occasionally. He, captain occasionally. He yeah. Proved parts of his game that he wasn't as good at last season. Like his crossing got a lot better and things like his that. His defending in general got a lot better. In um, the game, one of the games he was captain. Was it that Thistle game as well? And it seemed to calm him down. He seemed to be like yeah. less <laughs> mental. He wasn't going mental. Anyone was. It was nuts. Um, yeah, it, it, would have, <laughs> it would have been would have been Patterson for me, but that award is voted for as by the players. So huh. you know, you can see that obviously they they can see the the power of work that Nicholson's done because I don't doubt it. He's got he's done a lot of more defensive duties this year, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, well, on his days, probably our most exciting player, like as an individual skill and yeah, between him and Walker, ability, yeah. I think mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Um, I'm not slagging him off I just don't think he was worthy of the award <laughs> oh, I think, well you're not slagging him off but you are making some very obscene hand gestures so we'll move on uh, and talk about the, the, the actual play, the senior player of the year the old player of the year the ancient 24 year old possibly <laughs> Igor Rossi yeah yeah absolutely again this this is one that if I had voted um, I would have voted for um, I think consistency like consistency the fact he's done it in two different positions he never lets you down he seems to care an awful fucking lot as well. I love Igor. I think he's great. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, like well, it's 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 one of those weird situations where he's not necessarily somebody to be in your in your first eleven, but he's definitely one of the most important players in the squad. I just think I would have him in my start eleven. I think he's been fantastic. I think he's so reliable defensively, um, and he's just he's one of these players that just endears himself to the fans through his attitude and his and his uh and his commitment. Yeah. And he's hard as fuck. <laughs> See this is this is this, this is gonna sound like a creative bit of walking back, but as soon as those words left my mouth I realised that I would have him in my first eleven. Because yeah. you know like as a as a more defensive left back he compliments Patterson rampaging down the right perfectly, he allows you to play three at the back when you need to. So uh, yeah, I talked shit there. It's, yeah. I really yeah, don't you think did. very much before I opened <laughs> Um yeah, I, I think he more than deserved it. Again, that was the one voted for as players player of the year, wasn't it? Was, was oh, Rossi. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, players' player was Rossi. Fans' player was June. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, he absolutely, absolutely deserved it. And to be fair, my second choice for player of the year overall would have been June anyway. Um, so yeah, the, the impact he had since coming in is remarkable. Yeah. And again, flexibility, so many positions. Yeah. Just, just a great footballer. He's just one. Oh, something about that Inverness game. Mm-hmm. Um, he took it down on the chest and skinned about four players. In, in one move and set up Dowda. That's the only thing I saw in that game because it was the two minutes I watched it on Periscope. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was great. And then turned it off again. Turns out that was the only thing that happened in that game. I literally haven't watched the highlights from that game. No, I haven't I watched one second no, of it. Nor have I. <laughs> and I do not feel that my life has been affected for the worst <laughs> that decision at all. No, no, not even slightly. But yeah, Drew uh, and Rossi, great guys, well done. Harmon Lothian. Great guys. Great guys. Great great bunch of lads. 
You guys thought we forgot songs. We didn't forget songs. We never forget songs. We've got songs coming out of our ears. All over the place. It's the only reason I come along. <laughs> yeah, it's the only reason we invite you. It's the only reason people listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, who deserved it this time? Out of the four games we played, what was the signature performance? Has to be Juanma. Does it have to be? Yes. Oh, it has to be. Well, it is, so... But, yeah, it better be, because that's who we've written songs about. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, that performance against Aberdeen, that was... Someone put on kickback, it's one of the best individual displays by a Hearts player of the season. I can't really disagree with that, to be honest with you. It was, it was really quite incredible. It was everything that's good about Juanma's game. Uh, yeah. We'd just like to see it a bit more often. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, so we've all got songs. Yep. Does anyone have a strong desire to go first? Why don't I go for it? I think it's been a while since I went yeah, first. Yeah, go on, it? man. Okay. Juanma and your wonderful beard. I said, Juanma has led us to the Europa League. I said, Juanma. <laughs> With his meter white face, but his new haircut's a disgrace. Juanma plays for the HMFC. I said, Juanma plays for HMFC. He's a wonderful lad, and his first touch ain't bad, but he needs a bit more consistency. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't let Nicole go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, who's next? Greg, I go for it? Go yes. For it, man. As I walk along, I wonder, I wonder what went wrong, and then I long for so. <laughs> But then I realize we're third Back in the top flight Back in Europe again The wind v Aberdeen A Morgan beard I've never seen And that's one ma A wah 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 ma One ma A wah 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 he ran away after scoring And I wonder if he will stay <laughs> Extra applause for the enthusiastic percussion Yes <laughs> yeah, Is that or silence? Silence between the verses No one wants that Robert okay. Prepare for more silence when this is done This isn't getting rid of a fucking applause <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> he gets knocked down, he won't get up again. Rolling all around the ground, he gets knocked down, he won't get up again. He's rolling all around the ground. Starting all games away. Why can't we win away? He takes a little kick, he takes a bigger kick. He'll throw a punch at you or kick you in the dick. Scoring goals to remind us of the good times, gets sent off to remind us of the shanna times. Oh, one my boy, one my boy, one my boy. That's all I've got. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> I had to get Kiki in the deck in there, so yeah, I played down a bit by hook or by crook. I got it in there. That's why you started and you just built the song around it. Exactly, yeah. 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 That's something we haven't talked enough about, how much other teams hate him. It's great to have a team that, uh, a player that's just a villain. Unless um, that player is Jamie Hamill. Well, but... Everyone they, hated him, but no, we no, hated him too. Yeah, yeah, that's the key thing. It has to be the other fans that hate him, not, <laughs> yeah. not you yourself with every... Fibre of your being. Yeah, yeah, we have had a few of them. Michael Stewart. 
Yeah, Jamie Hamill. Jamie Hamill. Jamie Hamill. Yep. Currently without a club. Shock. <laughs> Good. Yep. Indeed. Unless he signs for uh, Gary Locke's Queen of the South next season. I think that's a fucking banker, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like him and Scott Robinson. No, I don't know that. I quite like Queen of the South. I know. They're a nice club. They are. a nice town. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can go fuck. Uh, right, who won that song? Uh, ooh. I don't know, actually. I'm going to see you, Nicole. Yours is pretty strong, Nicole. God, I actually agree with that, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was coming. <laughs> Not only did you work one man out there, I think the, what clinched it was the replacing YMCA with HMSC. Yeah, um, it's, it's a stroke of genius, really. Thank you. And uh, one that I, I can certainly see our support adopting. <laughs> 100%, yeah. yeah, yeah. De definitely right in the wheelhouse of some of our more traditional fans. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Cool. Um, right. Uh, do you want to listen to this podcast more? Well, then you should go to our Tumblr page. We have no cares. Tumblr. Com. Yeah, because it's all there. Yeah. All of it. All every of them. every bit of it. Yep. Search YouTube. It's all there. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk to Rob? I don't think they do. Uh, if you do, it's at RF Borthwick on the Twitter. You definitely want to talk to Craig. He's a lovely boy. Mm. At Craig Cairn zero zero one. Uh, and if you want to know who to put on your mute list, it's at Nicole Hay. <laughs> uh, Speak at, to us collectively, obviously, at We Have No Cares. Yeah, certainly, do that. Yeah, definitely not a completely dormant account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're getting the full use out of that. 100%, yeah. Uh, as is our uh, email address, we have no cares at gmail.com. Yep. Um, we'll probably have another podcast before the end of the season. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have to, really. Because there's more games. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no getting around it. Yeah. Well, we do have a significant game uh, tomorrow night, probably being played by the time this goes up, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we've got a competitive fixture left, Robert. Absolutely. It's the uh, the Youth Cup final between the Hearts under 20s and the Motherwell under 20s. Uh, uh, Care to give us a full and comprehensive preview of that, Robert? Definitely. Uh, next time. <laughs> <laughs> a preview of a it after, after the game. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah, it should be good. Um, Hearts under 20s <laughs> haven't been... No, I'll, I'll fucking do it, man. You've backed me into a corner. Um, Hearts under 20s haven't been great this year, but I think a lot of that's down to the fact that a lot of players have been called up for first team action um, but they've obviously deserved to, to get to where they are Motherwell in their 20s don't know um, Scott Leach's son plays for them cool yeah cool. so tune in on BBC Alba right now because you're probably listening to this as the game's been played or indeed after so yeah time what a funny beast enjoy it thank you for joining us Craig thank you very much uh, I suppose, thank you, Robert. That's not a problem at all, man. Pleasure to be here. Congratulations, Nickel. Thanks, Nickel. <laughs> Sterling performance once again. Mm. Steve Crawford. Steve Crawford. Steve Crawford. Steve Crawford.